Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Okay, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. It's Dennis Burns. I'm at my house in Waterproof. Kylie, I think you're at your house in in Faraday. Faraday, yep. And RL's at his house in, in up in uh, Forest. Yeah, up, up at Forest. We still sheltering in place most yeah, of the time. <laughs> you know, we had we had to have a, a virus thing to get RL out of Madison Parish. You know, it's, I'm telling you. Seem like every time I do a pipe, where are you at? I'm in Madison Parish. Well, it means seem yeah. like you always there. So. Well, it was an underlying cause. I had better internet service there. We're all, and that that's, and we apologize for the podcast. If there's a little delay in it, we're we're all at home, and our inter- none of our internet is the best, and some of us, some of it, I think, is just more people on it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and we talk over one another because of the delays in the internet. Uh, we're not that rude to one another most of the time. Well, that's true, you know. But we got uh, we got a little podcast today. We got corn corns growing, uh, fertilizing is starting today. It's drying out. Uh, I just talked to one of my growers, and he's going to try and finish planting one farm today. And he's got he's got a little more to plant, but it won't be dry till Monday unless it if it doesn't rain this weekend. I think that's the sentiment everywhere you talk, you know. If it doesn't rain this weekend, they'll get back in the field first of the week. Yeah, yeah. we're fertilizing and uh, would love to replant some corn. We got a lot of hog damage going on down here. They're working us over pretty good. So lots of hog hunting right now, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't rain this weekend. We need some sunshine. Sun actually just came out for the first time yesterday, so it hadn't been doing much drying. So mm-hmm. I don't now, Kylie, I got a question about the hog hunt. Y'all are hog hunting, I'm assuming, at night, right? Right, yep. So, are, are, is, Somebody's got to keep kids around here. <laughs> uh, I was say, was, it, it was this whole family project y'all took Allie? She's been on her first hog hunt or whatever? <laughs> Plenty of opportunity, I hope. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they're doing it at night. So I think they didn't kill anything last night but a couple of beavers. So I guess that's good. Yeah, well, they can. They they're pretty good engineers. They can make a dam that doesn't leak and backs up water. What about the rivers up? Uh, yeah, I, I checked it this morning. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to crest at 55 on April 9th, and that's in Natchez. Um, so yeah. rivers are rising. I know. When I was out yesterday, seeing a lot of seat water back over around the levee in East Carroll Parish again, and and, and my trusty well started free flowing. First of March, uh-huh. steadily, steadily flowing. You know, it flowed to July one last year. Yeah, yeah, we had wells. We had well on station that flowed. Just, uh, it's, an, it's an odd thing to watch it just run out to, run out to, you know, that's the casing where it comes up, just running out the hole. Yeah. So, uh, the only place I've ever seen that was on the way to St. Joe. I guess that's the Vandermans right there by the grain tanks. You could yep. see it coming out of the hill right there. Yep. That's it. Yeah, that was. That, and that was strange because that you got that big old bottom and you got a ridge on each side and then water just pouring out pouring out the side of that ridge. Every, the guys I've talked to, a couple, three of them that I've talked to last couple of days, as soon as it dries up, I'm they gonna plant beans. And I mean they're ser- they gonna seriously plant beans. They're not gonna plant a field or two. They plan on getting it 
getting after it. Is that what y'all are hearing? Uh, I, I, haven't haven't many, I haven't talked to many, but uh, I feel like that's what's going to happen, Dennis. Other than a couple of guys I've talked to are still going to try to plant some corn on up in pretty good ways on up into April. Uh, yeah. Just because they don't want to go real heavy on, you know, they don't want to load up any heavier on beans and cotton than they already are. Yeah. yeah. Y'all going to finish fertilizing first before y'all start planting beans, Kylie? Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, we're going to finish that before we get started on beans. Kind of give the combine a break just a little bit before, in between there. And well, you know, it, it, they're people just looking, the weather's good. They're just looking to get after it. And uh, and, and as it is, got to plant something in between the rains. Kylie, you got to interview, you interviewed or uh, talked with Sieb and who all, what all did you talk to yesterday? Well, I interviewed the Brown family. I got Dr. Sieb and Sieb Brown and Kim. Uh, we talked about uh, cotton seed treatments and soybean seed treatments, and then Kim gave us an update on the pesticide program with the state. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, oh, I'll tell you what. That, with that, did we ever mention, Dennis, in one of our podcasts, I can't remember, that anybody's uh, pesticide card that was to expire the end of this month? If they had not attended a meeting because they'd all been canceled, don't worry about it. You had one year extension uh, i had one grower call he was looking at the list and the only place he could find that might have had a meet was in cameron parish and he was so happy when i re relayed that he wouldn't have to. <laughs> he was he was pretty happy let me tell you now oh yeah i bet uh, i just hope they don't misunderstand this and think it's a three-year extension it's only a one-year extension mm -hmm. on it well, that's what I told him, but we'll hope, well, hopefully he'll remember. So we'll, uh, we'll see, but I, I got a question today too, after we, after we listen to the interview and stuff, I got, I got a good question today. So, uh, and that's one of my growers. I'll call him in a minute. So, all right, well, let's listen to, let's listen to Kylie and see Kim and see what they got going on their minds. Kylie Miller here, and thanks for listening again to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. Today, I am joined over the phone with the Brown family, Steve and Kim. How are y'all today? Doing okay. Surviving this coronavirus, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's get started with you today, Steve. Um, today, I want to talk about cottonseed treatments and um, soybean seed treatments. Everybody's got their corn already planted, so... I imagine this next dry spell will get started with soybeans and cotton probably. So um, do you have anything to talk about as far as that goes? Uh, so with, I guess I'll start with soybeans. So with soybeans, uh, I mean, I get a lot of questions from guys every year is, you know, do I need to put insecticide seed treatments on my soybeans? And my recommendation to them is more often than not is yes. Just because the fact that we can't predict the weather in Louisiana and that with bean prices the way they are and with the vigor issues that we experienced and emergence issues that we experienced last year and that may potentially experience this year, although I haven't heard much on that, you want every single bean to have the best chance it can to come out of the ground. So, you know, you need to protect your investment early and especially if 
you know, we've been wet, and if guys can't get their burn down out or they got an early burn down shot out and they're starting to get some regrowth and they can't get in to hit it again, it's going to become really important to have a quality seed treatment on your soybeans so you can protect your initial investment because with commodity prices the way they are, I mean, we need every bean to come out of the ground and we need to be able to maximize our yield potential as best we can so we can at least try to maximize what profits the guys can, can make with a really volatile crop year. At least with private. Mm-hmm. So, and with soybeans, it's really it's a buyer's market. So, I mean, as long as you have a good seed treatment, whether it's a metoclopril or clothianidin or thymethoxam, that's either gaucho, poncho, cruiser, or some kind of they have generic, you know, of each of those. Just as long as you have some kind of seed treatment, a good quality treatment on your bean, I think you're going to give yourself the best. In- possible especially early season to get all your seed out of the ground and keep them protected um moving into cotton you know cotton i cotton seed treatments are crucial or really they're critical in the state of louisiana we can't get away without them and so uh we have rips and feather cotton every year i can guarantee you that with 100 percent certainty that all of our cotton are going to have thrips in them. Now, how, how significant the pressure is going to be, it can be up in the air, but I guarantee you every single acre is going to have thrips. And so based on the trials that we run uh, across the state, the best seed treatments that I recommend for cotton are going to be Eris, which is a hybrid, the neonicotinoid metoclopril, overtreated with a nematicide uh, thiodicarb, which actually... When the plant uptakes thiodicarb, it's actually bioconverted into lignite. And so what you get is you get two modes of action to control thrips, and we see that benefit with ARIS. And ARIS is one of our top performing seed treatments uh, in my cotton trials. And then another seed treatment that we think that I recommend is gaucho at the full rate. So that's 0.75 milligrams of active ingredient per seed overtreated with 6.4 ounces per hundred weight of acephate. And so when you have that imidacloprid overtreated typically by the dealer with acephate, we see two modes of action and we also see and we see a yield benefit where we have both modes of action versus just one. So um, that's what I typically recommend to guys that if they're going to run a metoclopril seed treatment, then they need to overtreat it with acephate, or at least have the dealer do it if they don't have the ability to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. But to keep in mind is that if you get cottonseed overtreated with acephate, a lot of times, probably 99 times out of 100, the dealer will not take it back. So it's yours. You're stuck with it. Right, so yeah. If you have that done, you need to make sure you're planting cotton. Um, we also have some inferral options in cotton. Uh, we have inferral metoclopril looks very good. Uh, inferral acephate is also another option. Um, uh, some of my counterparts to the east of us in Mississippi have looked at using a pound of acephate inferral. I didn't quite see the benefit that they did, but it's a little bit different geography. We have different growing conditions here. And so that is a potential option. It's just I, I haven't seen the benefits personally that my colleagues have seen in Mississippi, but they are. I mean, it's a different state, different growing conditions. So mm-hmm. we do benefit from metoclopril. Uh, we see the benefit from using AgLogic, which is the new Timic replacement. It's um, Aldicarb 15G. It, it looks just like Timic, just like Timic on a gypsum formulation, and typically 3.5 pounds to 4 pounds to the acre looks and performs just like Timic did at the rates. 
So we do have we have a, a plethora of options in cotton to control early season insects. Okay, well, thank you, Steve. Um, hopefully that'll help everyone get started because I know we're all about to move that direction pretty soon. Um, let's get let's check in with Kim right now. Um, so Kim, what's going on with the pesticide program lately? So I just kind of wanted to give a couple updates with uh, everything kind of shutting down with COVID-19. Um, Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry has shut their offices down, and we've had to postpone the majority of our meetings that have been scheduled for this spring. Um, and so I just wanted to make one comment just so everybody kind of understands. If you, as a private applicator, were not able to attend uh, a meeting before that March 31st deadline for recertification, and you are due for recertification in 2020, uh, the Department of Agriculture has graciously extended those applicators a year um, so that we're able to recertify next year in 2021. Um, so I just kind of wanted to say that. And um, we also had our pesticide disposal program that was scheduled for April 2nd. That has been postponed at this point in time as well in the Opelousas area. Um, and then I've also, I had scheduled a lot of uh, trainings for um, certification to help people as test prep mm -hmm. uh, for this spring. I scheduled a bunch in March and April. Those have all been postponed at this point in time, as well as our WPS train the trainer trainings. Um, those have been postponed. I, I'm not really sure when we're going to reschedule those. Um, we are working on trying to figure out what to do with that at this point in time. But we will offer training and be offering training to folks. Um, if, if, if people are interested in doing it online, I'd ask that they contact me so that um, I can get with them so that maybe we can offer that as a, as a possibility. Okay. The last thing that I wanted to go over, um, as a lot of people are very aware um, of this COVID-19, there has been a shortage of uh, respirators yes. um, for care professionals um well you know as, as pesticide applicators there are respirator requirements on uh, a lot of our labels of some of the products that we use um and so we're still trying to kind of digest that i literally just got off phone call this morning um, with my colleagues across the country trying to kind of um, get a get a handle on what we need to be saying and, and a message. So I will have more information on that. But right now, one thing that I would tell applicators, if they don't already have the respirators that they need for this cropping, they're probably not going to get them. So that being said, um, the recommendation would be is if you can use a product that does not have a respirator requirement on it, that is what we're recommending. Um, if you don't have that respirator available, um, just make sure you, uh, you stay safe this cropping season when using pesticides. Read those labels. Understand what kind of personal protective equipment that you may need um, and try to have that available to you. Don't try to hoard stuff because our medical professionals need that to protect themselves during um, these difficult times. But we also want to make sure that as pesticide applicators, we're protecting ourselves whenever we are using some of these products that may require that. So that's just the main thing. As we have more information, I don't mind sharing that. I'll try to get some documents written. If Kylie wants to have me back on later on, we can talk more about that later on. Absolutely, so, yeah. 
Kylie. No, thank you, Kim. We uh we appreciate y'all joining us today, and I guess we're out of time, and uh, we'll get y'all back on the program again soon. We'll be doing more of these, considering the fact that you know telecommunicating is how we're operating now. So. Um, so if y'all have any ideas or want to do anything else, just let us know. We can do it. All right. Thank y'all. All right. That's pretty good. Kylie, you, y'all, y'all were interesting. Not that you weren't going to be interesting, but you were pretty interesting, you know, with what. Kylie's what's always going. interesting, whoever she's talking with. Oh, uh, yeah. Y'all are too kind. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, if things keep going with, you know, I'm RF, we lost Tammy Arnder to RFD TV. We might, you know, might lose Kylie here, you know. I guess Never I know. could use this time to uh, research better ways to be an interviewer and, and stuff like that if I run out of stuff to do. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, you're laughing. It is. I've looked at a couple of YouTube videos, you know, and just stuff to try and figure out things and things that we don't have time to do exactly. normally. We're too busy. We've got two more weeks. You know, now we can we can still go do demos and research plots. I'm going this morning. Daniel Stevenson came down and sprayed a burn down plot ten days ago. And I'm going up to look at it today and take some pictures for him. And obviously he doesn't want to drive up here for to look at it. So I'm gonna go just take pictures for him. I got a question of the day. All right. What we got? I had a grower call me. What about putting boron on corn? What's y'all's opinion? Personally, I've never seen it. Boron is a problem. It's such a, mi- a micro element, you know, not in corn anyway, maybe some other crops. Yeah. Well, it's always been, you know, soybeans is always, but it was a foliar application. Usually went out with fungicides or something. What do you think, Kylie? I mean, is this for, uh, you know, yield increase, or does his sample show it, or? His soil samples show some of his soils, yes, it was low. He's putting it out in his side dress, and now he's putting it on. And I did talk to Dr. Josh Copes about it. Got his, I got his opinion. What he said was, <laughs> never really been any research that he knew of on it. Said, uh, you don't want to get too much out there and get toxicity, but probably, you know, what, what little they putting out is probably not going to make a difference especially going out in a side dress. He kind of thought maybe the plants would stay healthier. You know, it might make a difference. He's not going to get 10 bushels, but it might just stay healthier. Maybe it'll, And maybe that might pay for itself. That's about it. I don't like um, exchanging money. Well, I'm that's, you know. Put it out and just turn it back into money again. It's useless to me. I put out a dollar. I want more than a dollar back. Well, that's true, too. And it is and it is something that there's he, he didn't know of anything any research that was done whether it was beneficial or not and what i did tell the grower i thought on his sandy ground there's more like he's more likely to see a response than he is on his heavy ground where he does it. see you do a little little mini test plot on your farm that's i mean you don't have to do the whole whole place you can just do a little bit and see would do a little comparison and then you'll know how it works on your place you know? good idea kylie you know, That's what we we at least leave part of it untreated yeah. to know, to truly know if it did anything. Yeah. And that's good with anything. Oh, let me, let's remind everybody too, since we're talking about fertilizing corn, let's double up on a strip so we get a reference strip out there for nitrogen so we can have something to gauge how our nitrogen is doing, where we lost any. All I have to do is when they get to the end of the row, just turn around and double up on those set of rows. 
Uh, if nothing else, it'll give you a visual that you can ride by and look and say, well, this is real green. This what we fertilized twice is real, real green. And our other is kind of yellow. So maybe we can add some more. Or if they're in some cases, I saw one, I was in one field last year. You couldn't find the uh, reference strip. If we didn't, if we hadn't had flags out there, you'd have never known where it was. I mean, it's, you know, it's you know, I've seen that several years ago with some of the work we've done with Brenda, where we actually put out a zero rate. And for the yeah. longest, you couldn't tell where it was at. It looked yep. as good as the 300 unit. All right. Well, you got anything else, Kylie? That's all for me. Um, uh, one other thing, though, um, I, I don't know that we've ever said anything about it, but if you're looking for all the latest articles, you can go to the Louisiana, what is it, LouisianaCropBlog.com. They have a blog that they post all the the research articles that everyone writes up to that website. We usually link them to our Twitter account, but if you subscribe to that, you can get those emailed to you. That's good. Uh, we never, I don't think we've ever said that. That's, that's good. And Oh, I guess we need to mention one thing since Kylie's a horticulturalist, but she's forgetting that we're starting to plant. It's time to plant a garden, isn't it? It is time. We got all the time in the world right now. Seems like it, but yeah, it's time to start planting. I don't know if you want to risk the virus to go get plants, but it is time. Garden centers are still open. Um, they're, they've been deemed essential. So everybody, everybody's open. Well, good. All right. Well, it's, like I say, it's warm, and I don't know if we want to plant tomatoes just yet. It's still a little cool at night, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I, I would. Um, it's still got that the potential for Yeah, I always say after Easter, but it just, I don't know, for this this year, it just seems, I don't know, early. Well, we got might as well eat tomatoes. We can't go anywhere. Might as well later on, we'll plant tomatoes and eat tomatoes. So, all right. <laughs> Anything else, RL? That's it. That's it that I can think of. Oh, and Kylie, you need to be keeping those hogs. We may need to fall back on them to eat, too. That's, we were just talking about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> we need that garden and kill a hog and start sharing sharing meat with everybody. So <laughs> yeah. you might, be, might be there. I don't know. It's strange times we're living in, so... With that, uh, we're going to just remember, if y'all got any questions, ideas, anything, send us pictures, send us, email us, text us, uh, call us. We'll, we're always, you know, we're available. We're here working, somewhat limited, but we are working, and uh, we're available for you to talk to you. So let us know what you think, and tune in for next week. Look at our video channel. We put up a couple more videos about the, some cover crops. Uh, got another one to go up here pretty quick. Uh, we've also working, we started a new one online, about 15 minutes, a little video of talk about nitrogen and applications in crops and maybe using reference strips. So that's that was a project we got started and the virus kind of tabled it for a little while, but we'll start back on it next week. So y'all stay tuned and we'll talk to y'all next week. Next week, y'all be safe. Be safe. Wash your hands. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local extension office.